0: day there, and well, welcome to the rewrap for Friday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And this morning, uh, power prices, uh, they seem to keep going up. The government wants to do something about it. Other prices, they're going to be going up, and I don't think the government can do anything about it, although they're partly responsible. Well, mark the week, it's Friday. That's what we do. And um, we also often talk about the Warriors, and when I say wait, we, I mean Mike does. Uh, but specifically this time, uh, they're rethinking their situation and their home game situation but before any of that uh the vaccine rollout uh, it really is stumbling along even though it's only just started and and they couldn't even roll it out to this women's security
1: guard and he got the covid here's how we end up with a mess this is a case study for you we end the week understanding that the vaccine rollout is not going to plan but then part of the lesson is it was never going to The leaked paper showed us we are hundreds of thousands of jabs short of where we should have been. We also now know there are 300,000 doses waiting to be used, but under half the vaccinators are actually vaccinating. This too should not be a surprise. Doesn't make it right, but it shouldn't be a surprise. This is merely an extension of what has already played out over the past year. To put it in a simple sentence, if it's the Ministry of Health in charge of it, it'll be cocked up. From the very beginning of COVID, they've been found wanting. From the PPE to the flu jab last season to the testing kits that weren't there to the measles export to the islands and the ensuing fury to the MIQ leaks and the appalling track and tracing that had us in lockdown not tracking and tracing as we should. Everything they've touched has turned to shite. Roach and Simpson spelt it all out in the report released on the eve of Christmas so we wouldn't notice. The review done just a week or so back into the last major lockdown spelt it out as well. All the processes that weren't followed, the advice that wasn't sorted, it's the same story every time. And now it's the vaccine. And here's the real problem. Ashley Bloomfield. Because the Prime Minister didn't have a clue what she was doing at the start of all of this, she hooked into Ashley. It's what Labour governments do. Because they don't come from business or the real world or have any experience outside of university or unions, they rely heavily on wonks. Ashley, was a Adern's wonk. Trouble was, once we fell in love with Ashley, she couldn't ditch him. She couldn't do what she really needed to do, also because she has no backbone has never sacked a person in their lives. So the bumbling and stumbling began and hasn't let up for over a year now. Ashley got beatified. Ashley, the media influencer, the star of dancing videos, friend of Jimmy Neesham, charity rugby player. Ashley made himself indispensable, at least politically. And so the fact we sit here in April of 21, unable to jab people, actually started as a problem in March of 20. By making the critical error to anoint a bloke who isn't up to much, nice and personable, yes, but not up to much, by relying on him, we sunk ourselves. Adurn, having made the error, is now trapped, so she spent the year defending the indefensible. It would have helped, of course, if Ashley was a David Clark-type figure, bit removed, bit arrogant, not really liked, but he wasn't. He turned out to be a good bloke, but he's still hopeless, and that's why we are where we are. It's why it won't change, and it's the quintessential example of the simple truism If you cock it up on day one and refuse to acknowledge the mistake, you never really recover.
0: How hard is it to just get heaps of vaccines and heaps of needles and put them in heaps of arms? How? Why is it so complicated? There's something I don't understand here. Well, I don't understand anything. Like power prices. How do they work those out? And I still can't quite figure out, like, I, I buy gas and power off the same people. That's a different thing, isn't it?
1: Megan Woods had a busy day yesterday. One was the business of wholesale electricity and the other was the business of coal burners. The coal burner side of it we'll come to later on in the program because that's slightly more interesting. Uh, But she was questioning or seeking advice about whether the wholesale electricity prices are too high. And every time the government raises this, I'm I'm fascinated to remind you about Chris Farfoy's promise that when they had a look at the petrol industry, you were going to be saving 33 cents a litre. Because, of course, you were being fleeced, to quote the Prime Minister, you were being fleeced. And as a result of their uh, probe, the Commerce Commission's probe, and their findings, you would be saving 33 cents a litre. So the simple question this morning, are you saving 33 cents a litre on petrol? Or is petrol pretty much what it was always going to be, given the market so it sets itself on the price of oil as the price of oil and the value of the dollar is the value of the dollar? And, of course, we not know the answer. So Megan Woods, not having learned that particular lesson wades on into the wholesale electricity industry and goes, are wholesale electricity prices too high? Well, how long's a piece of string? And then she acknowledges in the same breath that low flows in the hydro catchments at the moment and indeed the shortage of gas supplies meant that prices were likely to be above average. So what she's saying is she's had a look at the market and when there's no water and there's no one really responsible for water apart from infrastructural investment in building more dams to capture more water, And of course, gas supplies, and you go directly back to the government and say, Well, why, why, why have we got a shortage of gas supplies? Megan? Have you looked at Taranaki lately? And so you've answered your own question, but that won't stop them interfering further and coming up with, Well, is it 33 cents a litre of petrol all over again?
0: I mean, if they could get petrol down by 33 cents a litre, it would make a big difference to inflation, wouldn't it? Uh, Given that they've done other things that's made prices. Go up.
1: Uh, this is from retail New Zealand. So you've got the minimum wage rise, you've got the incoming sick leave entitlements, you've got the cost of freight almost doubling, you've got the international procurement prices, you're pushing up the price of everything, clothing, footwear, appliances, homewares, hardware, sporting goods, grocery items, uh, the cost basis, the overheads are growing at alarming rates, and it's all coming to your pocket. We're paying for this. This is, uh, It's some of it, not all of its government policy, the minimum wage and the sick leavers. Uh, it's not the government's fault that the ship got stuck in the sewers canal and it's not the fault of the government that the, uh, the containers are an issue around the world, but it, it all comes together, and it's, life is getting more expensive. Now, the thing about that that's interesting or worrying is you get inflation. And the moment you get inflation, you get the Reserve Bank involved. And the Reserve Bank has a mandate to keep inflation under control. And the way they do that is to increase interest rates. So let me ask you this question. What's going to happen in a, in a country and an economy that's already in recession, which ours is, if we start getting inflation, and the Reserve Bank has to increase interest rates, and the reason they haven't increased interest rates is because we're in recession.
0: See where that's going. What is it about these kinds of conversations that make my head spin round and round and round? I've always been the same. Like since I was at school, and you know we had to do economics, um, and as soon as it's anything to do with money, currency, interest. Any of that stuff, my head spins round and round and round, and all of a sudden everybody sounds like the adults on the Charlie Brown cartoons, on the Peanuts cartoons, you know, where they just talk like... ..and you can't really understand what they're saying. You get a tone, but that's about it. Is it just me? It's just
1: me, isn't it? Quick, let's mark the week. It's Friday. Uh, The Bubble, 8. Too late, too long, too delayed, but we got there at last, so it's good for a lot of reasons. Air New Zealand's record, for example, 8. Record day for Tasman sales proves we aren't all afraid of life, and that's wonderfully reassuring. And no, one day's bookings do not make a resurgence. But, I have a good feeling about this, are the MIQ revelation out of this bubble too. See, this was the untold story of the week, really. It's a scandal. This should have opened up way more rooms, way more space for all of those we desperately need to get in here, and yet it did the exact opposite. It's such a cock-up and a miss. Apples, too. See, that's your real scandal here. Millions and millions of dollars of fruit on the ground. That's why we want Farfalle on the program, because the government insisted that hiring locals was the answer. Well, it wasn't, was it? The choo-choo train from Hamilton 4. The tragedy here is it's actually a good idea if only they'd done it properly, like, you know, point to point in a train that was actually faster than a car. Speaking of which, cars, nine. Our greatest stats ever for March. Never sold more cars in March than we have this past March. We love cars. Public transport, three. Wah, wah, wah. Well, in the main centres, roads are back to normal, but ferries aren't, buses aren't, trains certainly aren't. Auckland's going to lose $90 million on the trains. How much evidence do you want that theory doesn't get you to work or school? Movie Seven. 137,000, as I told you earlier, went to the um, went to the movies the other weekend, a post-COVID high, hopefully proof that the industry isn't dead after all. A foreign worker's eight. Broke my heart this week. Imagine having to stand on the lawn of a foreign government, and you're there helping with your skills, and we don't let your spouse or your kids in. What sort of country is that, for goodness sake? Easter, six. Mainly because the weather was good. But what about all those rules, eh? What about those unions whinging about the Wanaka supermarket? A town whacked by COVID, but oh no, let's stay at home. What a bunch of halfwits. Joe Wheeler, Six. Sky should not be standing him down this weekend. Yes, he made a fool of himself, but he apologised, and I suspect he learned. The last thing we need is Sky joining the cancel culture pile on Paul Simon 7. Z, hallelujah. The latest to uh, Sellers Back catalogue. I assume he doesn't need the money, but also I raise it so I can play some Paul Simon. Let's play some Paul Simon. Where's Paul Simon? Z,
0: hallelujah. There we go. One Track Pony. Uh, uh, I don't know if you were listening the other day when we talked about, well, I talked about a a movie that Paul Simon was in uh, where he rolls the master tapes of an album down the hill. I couldn't remember the name of it. And I assumed that Mike had seen it, and then he claimed he hadn't seen it. So I sent him a link uh, uh, about One Trick Pony, which is the name of the movie. And then I asked him today, uh, have you looked up that movie? And he goes, oh, yeah, I do remember that movie now. Is it Friday? It feels like Friday. It must be the, the, the Warriors. Are they, when are they playing?
1: We're pleased to hear the, uh, the Warriors are thinking about changing their mind, read the bubble. We talked to uh, the, the, the head of uh, the Phoenix, who will be looking to have a couple of home games at, towards the end of their season. I mean, all the seasons are at different periods of time, so the Warriors have just begun, of course, and they're, uh, they're playing tonight, I think, aren't they? I think they're tonight at eight. Um, that should be good. Anyway, uh, so the idea was that they didn't want to take the risk, So they come back to New Zealand, the border shuts, they don't know what to do, etc. And I just wondered if that was just a little bit because I mean, just imagine the site of a sold out stadium. And it would be sold out because of course, they haven't played for well over a year and people would be desperate to see them and come back every now and again. So they're thinking of having what they call a sort of a hit and run, They'd commute to Auckland. Uh, in the second half of the season to play games, they will continue to train in Australia for the bulk of the week but then come back for the games. So they'd stay in Australia to play the Australian games, train in Australia, and then just come back into Auckland to play the games. I think it's a very good idea and I hope it comes to fruition. What,
0: What if they did that and didn't win any of their home games?
1: But that sort of happened before, unfortunately Ah, oh, sorry but at least, <laughs> I, I thought that but, seemed but familiar at, But at least they'd have a good bottom line Because we'd all turn out to see it I do
0: enjoy going to a live um, NRL match um, Being to one or two and um, Because because a bit like basketball League is one of those games Where you feel like you're having a direct effect On the um, the referee or the umpire By yelling stuff at them um, you know, like offside, particularly, in, in league. I don't know. Is that a good thing? Perhaps not. <laughs> anyway, I am Glenn ZB. I hope uh, you don't yell at too many referees over the weekend. I'll see you back here again on Monday for another rerun.